I mean, it's depressing. I mean, you know, you fight so hard and, uh, you know, it just keeps going. Um, so I guess the goal is now is, you know, to stay somewhat positive and just stay alive. Welcome, everybody, to Chino y Chicano. I'm Matt Chan, the Chino. I'm Enrique Cerna, the Chicano. Well, it's been about six months since we've talked about Matt's cancer, and that's almost been two years, actually, since he was diagnosed. And we thought we'd come back to this journey, uh, this challenge that Matt has had to endure. And uh, the challenge continues, Matt, and some tough news lately. Where are we at? Well, you know, last time we spoke, you know, the immunotherapy was sort of going south on me. Um, it was starting to attack my body, the good tissue. I w had uh, some joint issues, which resulted in, um, well, a number of things. One was I lost, was losing vision in my right eye. So I have mm. partially lost the vision in my right eye. Uh, my kidneys were compromised. Um, so uh, that was not good. And... My knee and my hip uh, accelerated some arthritic stuff to the point where I need a hip replacement now because of it. Yeah. So they stopped all the cancer medications for a while, put me on heavy doses of prednisone to kind of get my kidneys back. Um, and like the doctor said, there is, you know, there's always casualties in the battlefield. So I think my kidneys are still not where they were. They've been compromised. And so uh, also... Um, because I've been on and off the cancer meds. I mean, the immunotherapy is off the table um, and any form of that would be the same and same result that would probably attack the good tissue. So they had me on just a single um, medication, the targeted chemo, but that was also compromising my kidneys too. So they paused that for a while um, on and off. And so I, I was off it for quite a bit and you know, the, chances of the cancer coming back were much higher. Um, and so this last scan I had uh, beginning in January showed that, yes, indeed, the cancer had come back in different places. I have mm. spots on my liver, on my spine, and uh, a couple other areas. So it's concerning. I mean, um, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it, it's, you know, there's no cure. So it's a matter of, they put it at keep it at bay until they it no longer works and then they try something else so they they put me on it they're going to put me on a new uh cancer medication regimen um i've yet to start that they need to do a bone scan to make sure that there aren't any other spots of cancer anywhere else um so that's sort of the latest i mean it's depressing i mean you know you fight yeah. so hard and uh you know it just keeps going. Um, so I guess the goal is now is, you know, to stay somewhat positive and just stay alive. So yeah. that's sort of a rough outlook. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a realist. It's been, what, almost two years, probably, you know, one and three quarters year uh, living with this. Um, and so my life has been compromised for sure. I mean, you know, I need to walk with a cane most of the time just to unload my hip. Um, and, you know, they had scheduled me for a hip replacement surgery, but I think that needs to be delayed considering the new medication has to have time to see if it actually works or not. Mm -hmm. So we'll know that. So, um, so there's a lot of stuff right now, you know, wow. uh, I, you know, I feel very fatigued. That's really the main, 
um, symptom. And I don't know if it's off, it's coming off the prednisone, which I was, I was on for almost six months. That's a long time to be on prednisone. Oh yeah. And, uh, and so they don't know if it's that or the cancer. So they said, look, you know, we, and we don't know. So they said, let's just call it the prednisone. So yeah, I guess that's what we'll do. And when you're on prednisone for that amount of time, there is kind of the, I don't know if it's a withdrawal thing, but the, the impact tends to be what you're going through, right? Yeah. They say the withdrawals could last from anywhere from a couple of weeks to six months. So, so it's hard to say what's going on. One of the things that's, well, a number of things that's difficult about all this is the fact that there's the cancer, but then in the treatments, uh, it has the impact, side effects, all these other things. It seems like that's one of the things you've had to battle a lot. Oh, the side effects are, you know, you come to live with it. Um, I mean, being on the prednisone when I was off uh, the medication, I felt great, you know, and and life was good, but I knew it wasn't going to last long. So the new medication will have similar side effects, according to that, but, you know, there's other types of side effects that aren't real pleasant. So we'll see. I mean, like, again, it's one of those things is what's your alternative, right? I mean, if I gave up, the cancer would consume me and who knows how long I would have. This way, you know, I've got somewhat of a time horizon. But again, as always, I mean, I'm not making plans, you know, that far in advance because you just don't know. I mean, that's the problem. You don't know. So you're not like at a stage one or two or three because of what they found with the lesions or is that still relatively early? I think it's pretty early. Uh, You know, there's very small. Everything that's appeared is very small. So hopefully if I get in this medication, it can arrest it. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's ongoing. How has the doctor or maybe doctors, uh, how do they seem when they tell you this? I mean, are they still hopeful that they can uh, battle things? The doctors are very careful about giving you false hope. Uh, but so it's just kind of like, here's the plan. Here's what we'll do. Um, I mean, they, I'm sure they feel confident that this is something they've tried before. And I mean, so, you know, the drugs stop when the drugs stop working. That's, that's a normal thing from what I understand. I mean, that just happens. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of friends that are going through this, you know, one in particular, uh, the cancer keeps coming back and, uh, now they've changed to a different kind of therapy that is going to be more severe. Um, so, you know, we communicate because I'm sure, you know, they know exactly what I'm going through and I know exactly what they're going through. Yeah. So I know one of the things that we talked about after you got the news of this latest scan is that you just wanted to have some time to, to kind of ponder mm-hmm. about about what to do and, or how to, how to deal with all this. And I kind of find myself feeling, uh, I want to be there. I know your other friends, James Burns and Eugene Tagawa are a gang of four. Uh, you know, we want to be there for you, but it's tough because, you know, we can listen and we can be supportive, but it's like, we feel a little bit, 
hopeless and, and, and like, we can't help you like the way we'd like to. Um, I don't know. How are you taking all of this? Uh, you know, this has not been easy. I mean, it's, you internalize a lot of it. Uh, you kind of think about what future you possibly could have. Um, I mean, there were times when I was feeling pretty bad and you just got, you can kind of get to a place where you go like, yeah, I can see you can get to a point where you say, okay, enough. Um, I mean, I look back at my life and I look back upon this year and I accomplished a lot. You know, people, People ask me, what's on your bucket list? And I go, there's really nothing on my bucket list hmm. uh, other than, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing that I haven't done or seen or, uh, I mean, of course, there's always something. The main thing revolves around, you, you know, your family. Right. But, you know, the reality is everyone checks out and the family continues on. I mean, that's what family's about. So, um, I mean, there's always going to be another milestone to look forward to. But at some point, you know, regardless of having cancer or not, or just old age, you know, that that's just part of life. And so you just have to kind of keep putting things in perspective. I mean, I don't I don't lose sleep over it, um, you know, but but it's constantly on your mind because you have to process it. It takes a while. Yeah. What I said before about with the guy is that the sense of feeling. I didn't mean to say hopeless. <laughs> I meant to say helpless. And I just want you to know that, you know, because I, I still have hope and um, I will until I will. That, that's all there is to it. Uh, how's the family taking it? Um, it's it's hard to say, you know. I mean, everybody processes it differently. So I'm not surprised at any reaction. Um you know, it's just it's just a part of of life that people have to deal with. I mean, I've lost all my immediate family. I mean, they've all passed away. So I understand what death is about. You know, I've been there when people have died. So I understand what that transition is like. So it's less scary to me. But, you know, it is scary. Of course, it's scary. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I, I see there will come a time when you just say, I've had enough. It's time. And uh and, you know, but hopefully that's not for a while. Hope, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where, again, it's the unknown. You know, if I was, I mean, I felt sort of this way before I went on the uh, the initial um, treatment. And so when you um, start, you know, begin to start a new one, you have the same thoughts. It's like, you know, is this, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? And you just got to think like with the experience of the doctors, you know, I'm at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center that. They know what they're doing. Um, I mean, they didn't use terms like, well, we'll try this. You know, it's been known to work or something. They just kind of just said, look, this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'll see. So they still have a game plan. Yes, they, they, they always have a game plan. Right. Yeah. I mean, their yeah. job is to keep you alive as long as you can. As long yeah. as you can. Yeah. Well, um, I hope, you know, I want you to stay strong. So that we can just continue to be be there and continue to do this for one thing. I think you know. Let's let's. Uh, do you feel like this sense of like okay, I just gotta stay active? Oh, of course. I mean, I I was active this whole summer. I mean, I was working on Tanya Wu's campaign. Right. Uh, I mean, I volunteered on that campaign, did the commercials. Um, you know, and I'm involved with her now. You know, 
trying to get her on the council applying for the vacancy and uh, so that's been interesting I mean, a lot of things have happened. You know, I was fortunate enough to be named, uh, you know, one of the 25 right. most influential people by Seattle Magazine. Congratulations. Um, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that just came out of the blue. Uh, but, you know, when, when you look at kind of the stuff that I've done, that's, um, I mean, it was a good recognition because I, I do stuff under the radar. I don't really. You know, you know me, I just like do what I do because it interests me. And when it something interests me and I try to learn it, it does take my mind off what's happening to me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, you've you've been active in the community, in the CID, uh, both you and Guy, your wife, have been there and dealing with the issue of the, the homeless shelter. And there was a big, you know, you guys had really big success there in trying yeah, to in I, getting it's that. interesting. It, there are still yeah. people still don't realize what happened it is well you know right. we were just against the unhoused people and, well that wasn't the case it, at all no it wasn't the case um and that means they're just not listening and they're not yeah. they don't understand why that story was compelling because the story was not about us versus the unhoused my god you know who doesn't have empathy for the unhoused right um and the shelter that we were pushing against was a good shelter the real question was how underrepresented communities just don't have a voice I mean, this past election tells you that. I mean, there's not enough votes in the Chinatown International District to make a difference. That's why it continues to be a problematic spot, you know, I mean, which a lot of people refer to as a shithole, you know. Um, And because they don't have a voice, things happen to them. I mean, one of the things that I look back on and I started thinking about the history of the recent history of the neighborhood and. You know, one of the most monumental things that happened was putting in the navigation center, mm-hmm. which created the situation at 12th and Jackson. Um, and when you think about that, you think about what Little Saigon was, and it was vibrant. Right. I mean, they had shops there. People would dine there, and it slowly went away. And the thing was, it's, it's like it's because it was slow that people didn't recognize what was happening. You just kind of look at today and you go like, my God, what is going on there? But it wasn't always like that. So you see that in the long term of history, sort of recent history, that when decisions are made that directly impact a community and the community has no voice, the long term effects are devastating. And so I think every community needs to be heard. I mean, that's, you know, so it's not about the unhoused. It's really about being heard because there is no reason on earth that the, these, you know, the Chinatown International District needs to hold the largest number of shelters in the city. There's no reason for that right. other than, oh, we like to centralize services. But at what cost? At what cost? Because you have now destroyed, you destroyed a thriving community that was essential to the Vietnamese community for, for a period of time. Now, that community's moved on, but that doesn't mean that area is less important. And you and I often talk about the state of Chinatowns around the country in that the fact that they are, uh, we just were talking about an article out of Philadelphia where, uh, you know, they're looking to build a new uh, facility there and a sports facility and and it's Chinatown that could take the brunt of the hit there. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that happened actually here with the kingdom and the building of the kingdom. And I think what you're talking about really is uh, 
a voice and representation and not being taken for granted. And uh, I know that that's, that was at the heart of what you, you were trying to, to do in bringing about the story of, uh, of Chinatown and, and the international district, uh, during the time that, uh, the whole homeless shelter and expansion issue was being debated. It was mm-hmm. like, look at the story, look at the history or well, and, and what and you not, could be destroying. Yes. And not even having a say or a negotiated outcome. That's what was most troubling. In yeah. other words, we're just going to do this because we can. Well, they found out that they couldn't um, because time and time they take care. They take advantage of communities that don't speak English, don't have enough votes to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, if you think about District 2, you know, it is all underrepresented people. That's the majority. But again, it is the white majority that votes because the barriers to them aren't really barriers to voting. Uh, Whereas for other people, it is. And I think that's something that needs to be recognized. Well, and I think as we are in a major election year uh, same thing that could be said around the country and this is why we when you and i talk about trying to preserve democracy and you know just how frustrated and uh we are about the whole thing with trump and the people that follow him uh it becomes a very scary situation particularly for people of color and those that aren't considered to be part of the the mainstream so see this is why you got plenty to live for you know no really this is why you just gotta keep and i know you you're gonna be doing that you're gonna be moving forward uh and and doing that for as long as you can so that's let's just keep our sights on that and you know move forward and hope that the new drugs work and you finally get your hip replaced and all those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I, I guess I just, you know, the future is uncertain, but yeah. the future is always uncertain. It people, is. People don't realize it. the future is, nothing is promised to you. Right. I just have a little more certainty about the finality of things. I mean, I know that, um, you know, things will end sooner than I would like. But I need to be okay with how my life has gone. And I think it's, you know, there's no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just push on. That's, okay. that's what we can do. And uh, just know that you have a lot of friends that are there for you and, and care for you. And, uh, you know, and don't be, uh, don't be shy about leaning on us, okay? That's an important thing. Yeah. So... Yeah. See, I don't think you're going to change that much. You're still an asshole. I don't think that that will remain. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, the podcast, (laughs) this podcast is great. I mean, because we can talk about things that interest us and things that have meaning to people of color. You know, it's really, you know, that's what I value about this podcast is that, you know, you and I will talk. It's like, you know, that we need to talk about that. Right. Right. We do. Um, Well, I think. Yeah, in the case like this, you know, our communities, we don't like to talk about illness. We don't like to talk about, you know, things like cancer or whatever uh, medical 
situation that we might be facing. You know, we've talked a lot about how, you know, depression and mental health is such an issue in our communities. We got to get over that because we're not helping ourselves. So I think these conversations, I think, are very important so that people understand that you can talk about it. And frankly, I think it's helpful. It really can be helpful. You know, to know yeah. there are other people that are facing the same thing. Oh, there's a lot of people facing cancer. Cancer is horrible. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. Some people have come to the other side. Great. I mean, that's wonderful. Yeah. Some people just are in it. And I'm one of those people, unfortunately, that's in it. And, you know, they're, you know, to date, there is no cure um, unless my body miraculously decides that, you know, okay, they, you know, it'll fix it. But. That doesn't seem to be in the card. So it's a matter of just quality of life uh, and accomplishing the things that I can. And there's still a lot I can accomplish. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move forward and make sure that that stuff happens. Okay. Okay. All right, man. Hang in there and uh, we'll talk more. Okay. Thanks. The Chino Ichikano podcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. You can watch the video version on YouTube and Converge Media, a leading producer of culturally relevant content in the Pacific Northwest. We'll talk more later.